Max, what's going on? Hey, that intro is bananas. I need to figure out how we're going to be able to get into that intro. I like it. Oh, yeah. We're going like to definitely it. get you in there. No doubt. Do that. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> a lot of times when we create content, you know, we upload it to Vimeo, YouTube, whatever it is, Facebook. And we want so many people to see it. We want it to be consumed by as many people as possible. And that is a great goal. But sometimes what you need to consider is that not so many eyes, but just the right set of eyes. Mm. All it takes is two eyes, one face to see your content and do something with it that is far beyond your ability and far beyond anything you could ever, you know, fathom. My girlfriend at the time was getting her master's in psychology. So like, we literally went to like a group sex therapy thing that she wanted to try out, she wanted to see it. And it was like the weirdest thing because everybody's talking about their weird sex lives and we're just sitting there like quiet as hell. like. <laughs> ready to leave <laughs> like, you know what I mean like they started putting everything out there they had been married for 10 years and we were just like okay alright yeah so whenever this time is up we're just gonna leave and, and slide out the back and slice pizza <laughs> uh, because we found out like as we explore relationships and how social media has kind of like informed everything that we do right. the him now in a relationship has become social media mm -hmm. so if you're in a relationship with a woman it's me in a relationship it's you in a relationship and him is like this relationship that we both have to have with social media about our relationship. Oh, it's such a great, great, great approach. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of this podcast. And as you know, I'm broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. The sun has now set and the moonlight is now upon us. I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast tonight. Now, I want to remind everyone listening that you can listen to all of the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website over at cinemaafterdark.com. You need to make sure you have some skin in the game, though, prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, you certainly need to have a few credits under your belt, we strongly value that for credibility. Also, encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind everyone that this is an information and discussion-based podcast. We do not censor ourselves, and we certainly do not censor our guests. So please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. We've got a wonderful guest package here for you all tonight and by package i mean we've got three gentlemen here that are doing some rather profound things by the names of kenny cooper jay patrick wise and roger payano and let me tell you a little bit about all three of these gentlemen kenny cooper was born in seattle washington but spent most of his life in maryland formerly a real estate research analyst kenny was trained with dc's vera j katz and the Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles, earning him appearances on NBC's The Office, CW's BET, The Game, General Hospital, and the Oscar-nominated film Selma, plus numerous commercials including Mercedes-Benz, McDonald's, and Dunkin' Donuts. Some of his favorite theater credits include Richard III Shakespeare Theater Company and Miss Evers Boys Hard Bargain Players. Currently, he is a mentor of Town Street Theater in Los Angeles. In 2012, Kenny was an American Black Film Festival Star Project finalist. It's quite an accomplishment. J. Patrick Wise 
is a graduate of the Baron Brown Acting Studio and is currently obtaining a master's degree in practical theology from the King's University. He was awarded Best Actor in 2014, 168 International Film Festival. Patrick can be seen in two films slated to release this year, recurring on a web series, Everything I Did Wrong in My Twenties, directed by Vanessa Bell Calloway, and is developing a second season of his own recently acquired series, Me, You, and Him, in search of wifey in the Wi-Fi world, which took home the award for Best TV Pilot Comedy Series at the Urban Media Makers Film Festival in 2016. Now, Roger Piano, actor, director, writer, co-writer of Me, You, and Him, the series was born in New York, New York, raised in Miami. As an engineer by trade, Roger graduated from Florida A&M University with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and a master's in industrial engineering. After a short-lived and unfulfilling stint with Lockheed Martin, he returned to school to pursue his rightful calling at the National Conservatory of Dramatic Arts and Actors Repertory Theater in Washington, D.C. Upon graduation, Roger graced some of the best stages in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, having the opportunity to learn and perform with the best actors and directors the DMV had to offer. Roger decided to make a pilgrimage to Los Angeles in late 2010. Roger has starred and appeared on countless TV, film, and stage shows such as Celia, The Young and the Restless, The Secret Life of an American Teenager, He and Peel, Bold and the Beautiful, Devil's Do, Vice Versa, Hit Team, and Again and Replay. My goodness, this is a fantastic discussion, and these gentlemen are not only bright individuals, but they are really, really good at what they are doing, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this discussion with you. So, as you know, first-time listeners and long-time listeners, this is that part of the show where I ask that you make that fresh patch of popcorn if you haven't done so already. Sit back, relax, and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guests. My goodness, have we got ourselves a treat here tonight. And I would introduce you guys, but I'm going to let you gentlemen introduce yourselves here because I'm really excited to have you fellas on the show tonight. So, my God, who wants to lead the way here? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump I got in. it. Say first. I said Roger first. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> I, press, I press unmute first. So, how you guys doing, man? This is Roger Piano. Max, what's going on? Hey, that intro is bananas. I need to figure out how we're going to be able to get into that intro. I like it. Oh, yeah. We're going like to definitely it. get you in there. No doubt. Do that. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> And next? up next is uh, Kenny Cooper, one of the three creators of Me, You, and Him. Fantastic. And last, J. Patrick Wise. What's up, everybody? All right, all right. I'm going to tell you what, I'm really excited to have you gentlemen on the program here tonight. And my God, we've got a lot to discuss, but let's start with your backstories. We're going to do it one by one. If you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, where you were born and raised and how you got started in the industry and we'll do it in this order we'll start with kenny and we'll go with patrick and then we'll go with roger on that 
All right, gentlemen. So, yeah, let's start with Kenny. You know, where you were born and raised and how you got started in this crazy entertainment industry. I was born in Seattle, Washington, but I, I was actually raised most of my life in um, Maryland, up in Marlboro, Maryland, which is right outside of D.C. You notice how I dropped my voice a couple registers, Max, just to, to be <laughs> in the part with you. Um, oh, my. <laughs> so, like, acting was probably, you know, the, the cliche is that, that uh, you know, it's always something I wanted to do. But I, I didn't get into it until after college. I actually went to a school to be on the radio. And um, and my sister was in film school. So after I graduated, instead of taking a job on in radio, I went to Chicago to live with her for a couple of months. But she was at Columbia at the time. Okay. She was shooting a couple of films and uh, kind of like just kind of saw it and was like, you know what, I do want to do this. And uh, so I moved back to D.C., and was just started jumping into anything I could, uh, student films, anything, any like little play. And uh, I kind of found out that I sucked at it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> what most people do, either you quit at that point or you you work to get better. So I started taking classes. And uh, from, from there, just one thing led to another. And play productions let me know that uh, maybe the theater life wasn't the path for me because it was a lot of work. So I was like, how can I do TV and film? And I moved to L.A. Oh, and kind of um, from that, just piece by piece, year by year, building and been fortunate enough to been out in L.A. for almost 10 years now. Nope, me and, too. Uh, Good deal. Good deal. How about you then, uh, Patrick? I am from the small town of Newberry, South Carolina. Uh-huh. Like our, our economy is centered around a 24 hour Walmart. Like that's where you go to hang out and just do life with people. Just you bored, you go to Walmart, you pick the ball up off the shelf, you start playing football in the aisle. Like small <laughs> town. The whole the whole town shuts down for Friday night football. So um, I started acting like as a kid. We had this little gifted and talented program for people who wanted to explore the arts. And uh, I got involved in it and I got like a star and role in, in the little play. And then somewhere along the lines, someone told me that acting was for sissies. Um, you know, me and my strive for masculinity or whatever you want to call it as a, as a preteen, I quit acting and started playing sports. I got more involved in sports and mm. saw some success in that. So I, you know, I kind of left it behind. And then I got to college and pledged uh, Phi Beta Sigma. We started traveling around uh, different states, different cities doing step shows. And that love for the stage came back. And it wasn't until I'd graduated from college and moved to Tallahassee, Florida. Mm. I was on like I-10. I call it the Damascus Road experience. I had this like <laughs> quarter life uh, crisis at 21 and acting came back and I went to this church of all places and had like this acting group and I started acting and it just took off from there. Next thing you know, I'm in LA and stuff is working out. Like Kenny said, piece by piece, bit by bit. And, you know, over the years, you kind of amass a career. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, grateful. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Roger? Man, you know something? We've done so many interviews together. Yeah. And it just hit, it really hit me how connected we are. Right. Like me, Kenny, and J-Pat. Well, first of all, um, I was born in New York, but I was raised in Miami. Mm. to some very, very Dominican parents. Um, <laughs> I didn't really get the acting bug until college. You know, I did the high school plays and stuff like that. But the, the only reason I did the, the plays is because I was never I was never afraid to be in front of people. I was never afraid to talk. And, you know, it's kind of like I was the jock of the school. So I was like, oh, we're doing a play. Let's get Roger to do it. You know, I was never scared. So I would get up and do it. I didn't get the bug till I took a uh, an improv class in college. Mm. And I actually have a, <laughs> I have a bachelor's of science in mechanical engineering and a master's in industrial engineering. Mm. I'm obviously not doing that anymore. But, um, 
but yeah, once once I took that class, I mean, it really was like, wow, I think I could do this. And I decided that I was going to move to L.A. when I graduated. But I ended up taking a job with Lockheed Martin, worked with them for a couple of years and then moved to D.C. And see, that's where it goes. See, that's, that's where the connection is. Wow. I went to Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida, where Jay Pat ended up. I moved to D.C., but I got cast in a film with Kenny which I then got fired from and Kenny took my spot. That's <laughs> crazy. And, yeah. and that's how, that's how Kenny and I became cool. We met at the table read wow. and then we just, you know, we just stayed in contact from that point on. And then of course he leaves to LA. I moved to LA. The first film I book, feature film I book, this guy named Jay Patrick Wise, he's playing my, and he's a, he's a co-star in it. So we, you know, we talk it up, whatever. I go to Kenny's house and out of his second room, Jay Patrick walks out and I'm like, you live here? He's like, oh yeah, this is my roommate. You see how that connected? That, that, that was just crazy. I, and, you know, it's funny, you know, just hearing our backstories just now. I was like, wow, I never really noticed how like connected we we really are. I only it doesn't really matter what was gonna happen. We we're gonna be connected somehow, some way. Oh, it's anyway. crazy. Yeah, crazy. It's like the Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's crazy. How you guys were able to you know stay connected, you know, over the years too as well one thing i'm curious about you know when was it that you guys kind of realized you know, individually that you could do this thing professionally though what was it that made you realize you know shit i'm going to come out to los angeles and make this thing happen whoever wants to go first on this one because i'm curious about that yeah this is roger well i remember uh while i was working with Lockheed in texas i was taking improv classes like taking like a little acting school class or whatever and you know people always ask me oh so how long have you been acting and I tell people that I didn't really start acting until I became a professional, which was in 2007. I ended up going to a conservatory in D.C. Mm. And whatever I thought I knew when I went in there, I didn't know anything. You know, once once I got to the conservatory and I really, really learned and like really started taking this acting thing this seriously. It's really when I, you know, that's when I said, oh, now I'm an actor. You know, because I started like back in 2002. But those five years between the time from 2002 to 2007, I don't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Until I got to the conservatory. And then, you know, once actually, uh, here's another story. <laughs> when I was in the conservatory, I got cast in the Washington Shakespeare Theater run of uh, Richard III. And I ended up not taking the role because it was going to be in the way of classes. Mm, and who yeah. takes my role? Who took it? <laughs> And that's one of the things that I, one of the things that I envied about Kenny is that I was in school and while I was at the conservatory, they kind of told us, Hey, don't, don't work. They wanted us to like, you know, continue honing our craft. Mm. But Kenny was, he was out in the streets, like working Yeah. while I was in school, you know, and he was like, he, you know, he was getting like real, you know, I guess real life education and i was you know getting it theoretically and you know going through i mean the, the conservatory i went to was fantastic right right but you know like i envied it he was getting paid while i was paying to learn <laughs> but yeah so i didn't really you know i i didn't know that i was going to be uh, that i was good at it or at least going to be good at it till about 2007 that's my story wow yeah that's uh, crazy who wants to jump next it's crazy i can piggyback right off of that because honestly he told part of my story and it, it was probably 2007 too, when I, actually it was late 2006 when Roger dropped out of that play and I ended up getting cast in that because I was working for a commercial real estate company and like, you know, had a nine to five, was doing it. And I get this call randomly from the Shakespeare Theater Company because somebody dropped out of their play. So, so uh, and literally I'm like, 
hey, uh, you know, I really don't know anything about Shakespeare. I haven't mm-hmm. done that since ninth grade. So, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm passing on that. She, the lady was like, kind of like, ah, you know, um, you know, you might want to reconsider. So if you do think about it, take my number. So I was like, OK, so I'm at work and I'm like, all right, well, let me get on the computer and Google them. And I look at them. I'm like, oh, this is legit. This is like <laughs> the Broadway of BC. Right. Like this is like the Shakespeare Theater Company. This is like it. There's, it's not Shakespeare Theater Company of DC. This is the Shakespeare Theater Company. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and, and do this. And I remember I hit up Roger because I knew Roger was in school. And he like hooked me up with this tutor for like an hour the night before my audition. And I went in there and uh, the next day and ended up booking it. So I had to then the following day after that, I had to go and pretty much put in my two weeks for my job oh, because wow. rehearsal started in two weeks. So like I did the play and, uh, and it, it was a great experience. I was there with like... Like people were like people that taught at Juilliard were cast members with me. Mm. So it was like one of these big things. And not me where I was at sitting at the table read where I didn't really understand what they were saying. Like I definitely should not have been there, you know? Yeah. And so like eventually by the end of it, I, I got comfortable enough to be like, you know what? Maybe I can do that. Can be an actor and act, you know, and pursue my dreams. That on top of when I was in DC, I took classes with Vera J. Katz. Mm. It's a name that should be more familiar in this business because she was, she's a short little Jewish lady that was the head of the theater department at Howard University for 32 years. So she taught Felicia Rashad, Debbie Allen, Taraji P. Henson, Crazy. Anthony Anderson, yeah. Ben Whitfield, like Isaiah Washington, like so Man. many people that came, you know, through Howard. So like she was like in D.C., she's like the guru that you go to her. I remember I was it was like I was taking class. I can't remember what number of class it was with her. It was uh, right before actually I booked the Shakespeare Theater play, the Richard III play. I was walking to her car one night and she like grabbed me by the arm. She stopped me. She was like, you know, Kenny, I I don't tell this to everybody, but you're going to be one of the ones that make it. So if you want to go to L.A., go. I I literally don't tell this to to everybody, but you're going to be the ones, one of the ones that make it. And I was like, she said, it might, it's not going to come fast. It might take years, but you have the potential to do it. Wow. So like that though to me, cause I was like, all right, well, you know, she's seen so much talent, you know, she, just the names that I've named. So think about all the people that came through that were talented that you can't name. So yeah. for her to say that to me, it kind of gave me a confidence boost. So I was like, you know what? I, I, let me go ahead and go out there. Man, no joke. Yeah. And then I was like, if Kenny can make it in LA, I can definitely make it in LA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to elaborate on that one hilarious oh there's no elaboration i just (laughs) i'm just just, just better than kenny (laughs) (laughs) like you know when he went when he went it was you know to be quite honest you he was in our little core group he was the dc guinea pig Mm, he was the first one to leave so when he left he was the person that everybody called like, yo, so how's it going out there? You know, hey, I'm going to come visit. You know, when, when I touched down in L.A., because I, I ended up going to New York for four months and then I went to L.A. for four months to see which state I wanted to move to when I was in D.C. And when I went to I mean, when I touched down, the first person I called was Kenny, like, yo, what's good? Like, what's the deal? And, you know, he just ran everything down. Yeah. And I mean, I called everybody that I knew. And um, if there's anything that I am, I'm resourceful. And I literally whatever you do wrong, I'm not going to do it. It's just simple as yeah. that. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that make make a mistake twice. So, I mean, Kenny just broke it down. He's like, this is what's happening. This is what you got to do. Da, da, da. And I was like, all right, check, check, check. No, you know, right. no, 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 no to that. Check, check, check. So he, he, he's laid it down for a lot of people. He raised the bar, set the tone. Yeah, who've come from D.C. to L.A. Like, he's literally like their, uh, what was that? Um, Lewis and Clark. That's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll take laughs> Trailblazers. 
Yeah. That's good stuff, though, uh, gentlemen. So were you going to say something else? Something else you wanted to add? I was going to ask you what the question was. Well, let me tell you something, though, gentlemen. In all seriousness, it's cool to see, you know, a brotherhood that you guys have established. That was one of the things that stuck out to me is, like, people don't see us sometimes. And it's cool, you know, to see, you know, three brothers really doing their thing. You know, the connections that we form. People just don't always get to see that. We don't see it on TV. We sure to hell don't see it in, in films. And uh, we're going to talk about this web series you all did because it certainly got... Uh, elements of that in it too as well but i'm curious gentlemen and one thing i've always wondered if there was an ideal role for each of you that you want to play right now what would that role be and you know we'll go roger patrick and then kenny on this because i'm curious like if you could just pick your ideal role right now what would it be right this moment roberto clemente oh nice great that's from my hometown right there you're represented i like that <laughs> yeah, I've always, I've, I've always, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm a little too old now, but that was the, uh, that was the one. Yeah. That's what I wanted to play. I've always wanted to play Roberto Clemente. That was just, I did a show. I actually did a, um, I did a kid show called Looking for Roberto and, um, at, uh, at a theater in DC. So during, you know, of course, during the show, you do your research. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I didn't know anything about Roberto. Like, I, I thought I knew, but I didn't know anything until I did all this research. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, I want to play this guy. And unfortunately, uh, I'm too old now. No, don't but say he, that. You never know. You, just, you never yeah, know. A little yeah. movie magic. And then we'll see about yeah, that. Little makeup, little makeup, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. But yeah, that'd be fantastic. And that strikes a nerve with me because I'm from Pittsburgh. So, you know, yeah, yeah. that's a story that needs to be told. Interesting, you said yeah, that. Yeah, keep, keep over like actually, Andy Garcia was. Uh, he actually uh, started a production to do his story, and um, it just never, it never came to fruition. Mm. So, but yeah, that's got to get greenlit yeah. again soon. Seriously, yeah. Give me ideas here, gentlemen. <laughs> How about you, Patrick? Something centered around uh, apartheid in South Africa. Oh, yeah, nice. like, like I know Denzel did the the whole Steve Biko thing, but um. And he did it, you know, exceptionally well, of course. But yeah. having like been there and and you know experienced that culture right. a number of times, uh, I, I definitely say I have a connection to it. So being able to make that story, you know, put it back on the on the forefront of people's minds and imaginations, especially with what we're dealing with now in our country, mm, right? And the great deal of uh, reconciliation that needs to take place in, in South Africa under the leadership of like Nelson Mandela. Mm kind of spearheading that movement with, with things such as like the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and stuff like that. I, I think it would be helpful and maybe uh, could serve to do some good, you know, like I said, with what America's going through now with our political climate and everything else that's taking place in yeah. the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some heavy stuff. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. How about you, Kenny? You know, it had always been Jesse Owens, but that mm. was just done. Yeah. So um, I was at Jesse Owens and then I would also like to play my father oh. um, in a movie. Yeah. He's not that my dad. My dad's I mean, he's a great person, but he hasn't done anything spectacular to that you would think would justify a movie. But uh, it's really about a time when when I was five, he coached my youth soccer team. Mm, yeah. And he was like had no training whatsoever. And they just knew he was a teacher. And they kind of like Ben took these kids that never played before and put them on a team. And it was a true story. And so he had to read a book, like how to play soccer and coached us. And we ended up going all the way to the championship and uh, ended up sitting out the championship. They, like it was this big thing where they kicked me off the team. Oh. because I turned older, a year older in the season. And I was the best player. And like we, we literally won, lost our first game and, and won all the way out until the championship where we forfeited. 
championship. Oh, so it's like one of these things, it's like a heartfelt story that I feel like it'd be like an honorary thing to my father to be able to get that done. So I've already started like nice. outlining it. Nice. And, uh, nice. My passion project. Oh yeah. You got to write that and make that happen. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Interesting yeah. stuff there, gentlemen. And- the good news bears. That sounds good, bro. I, I was thinking pride for soccer. Remember the oh, swimming movie? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Everybody got to have a song. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Get out there and kick the ball, man. Get out there and kick the ball. <laughs> uh, let's talk about accomplishments and disappointments. And I would love for you all to share maybe one of each, even though that's hard to do, but maybe the thing you're most proud of and maybe some of the disappointments of the industry. You all are out here doing your thing. And I'm sure there's some folks that, you know, would want to kind of hear, you know, from your experiences. We'll start with Patrick and then we'll go to, you know, Kenny and then Roger on this. Ooh, accomplishment. Wow. I'm thankful to say that I've, I've had a few. Uh, one that comes to mind now is, I guess, I've taken on the Best Actor Award at the 168 Film Festival a, a few years ago. Right. Uh, one, one reason that is because it was totally unexpected. Like, everybody else was dressed up and had these tuxedos and stuff on, and I didn't. I don't like a button up and some jeans. Because I thought I was just going to go in and come out and kind of sit in the back. And uh turns out that wasn't the case. So... uh <laughs> It was a great experience uh, and, and it's afforded me the opportunity to, um, you know, speak to people and, and give them some level of encouragement from a place of, I guess you could say, credibility. Mm, right. Disappointments. I don't really have many disappointments. I, I think that if I could lend any advice to anybody engaged in the business, I would say don't get caught up in the length of time that it takes right. for stuff to happen. It's just it's a day to day process that you'd have to just stick with. Uh, it's, it's like a relationship. And. LA is known for like, as soon as you plan to do something else, it's like a dysfunctional relationship. So <laughs> if, if y'all, if LA is your girlfriend, oh, every man. time you threaten to break up with LA, LA will do something to like really keep you in it. or like <laughs> the business will do something to really keep you in it. Just like, in other words, most actors say plan a vacation. I promise you, you'll get an audition on the right. day you're supposed to fly out. But yeah, don't get disheartened by the process. Like you're not going to land to get discovered in LA, right. which is kind of what a lot of people visualize happening for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, and be careful. Like when people say, like they see you on a project and they get excited about your work and they say, oh man, we got to work together. Like don't sit by the phone and wait for them to call you. Yeah, true, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just keep working. And if they call, they call them. If they don't, they don't. Ah, oh, good stuff right there. How about you, Kenny? Yeah. Who's next? Let's start with disappointments. Yeah. Yeah, this is Kenny. Uh, let's start with disappointments. It's, uh, <laughs> I've got a few, got a few. <laughs> um, like without getting too uh, specific, but like I've, uh, <laughs> I have a, uh, I've I've helped I've helped uh, I don't know how to say this I've helped movies get made right not sending them so that's for lack of a better <laughs> lack of a better I've helped add it to the process I have added yeah. to the process movies and now TV shows now I guess so uh, what do you um, mean by that I mean, yeah. l- and, I mean uh, I'd like to know a little bit about that because I'm sure people are kind of curious you don't have to go into you know detail name names or anything like that but can you be a little more specific about that because I don't think. A lot of people get the the BS that comes along with this ride too. You know, it's what it is. You can you can always be recast. You know, so yeah. no matter how long you're you're attached to a project until you're on set filming, even sometimes after you're on set filming it, you can be recast. And that's that's what happened to me. I got recast in a project, and you know, and it sucked because I was already uh, I was already uh, uh, the pseudo face of a project. Mm, so yeah, so it, mm. uh, it kind of felt like Terrence Howard and Iron Man. So, right, right. But yeah, 
I appreciate it. But you. then also, I, I swear to you, I, I swear to you, I've been like a finalist for damn near a lot of these acting competitions out here. Like where it's like out of 8,000 people, I make it to the final cuts. And like year after year, I, I don't get picked. So like, I, that's another thing that's always bothered me mm. and disappointing. Right, right. Sets and tears, right. you know. No doubt. But uh, Yeah, it's real talk. But uh, that's that. yeah, I mean, it, it happens. It happens. Yeah. But, I, but one thing I will say about disappointments, I gave myself this rule years ago. I don't even know when, but um, I was like, I can literally give myself a night to be upset about something. So mm-hmm. if I find out something like noon, I have all day, all night to cry, punch walls and stuff like that. But the next morning when I wake up, I have to like go to the gym, whatever, do what it does, and just forget about it and like hit the ground running. Oh, that's good. Like I give myself stuff. a night. I, can do I, want. I need to have a drink, whatever it is, get it done that night. And the next morning when I wake up, I have to be over it. Like I have to, because yeah. you have to have a short memory. Yeah. Short term memory. So, hit that reset button quickly. Yeah. Exactly. And be exactly. resilient. That's not going to hurt anybody but you. you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. A lot of this stuff is psychological. So it is about mental game and uh, preserving that and just moving forward and always moving forward. So, uh, yeah, Patrice said that. Now, what about accomplishments? You know, honestly, um, th- our, our web series was a big accomplishment for me. Yeah. We started writing it in, in a dark time for me. So, I, like, I was kind of in a bad place. To see it through was good. And then also working with Oprah was, was dope. Okay. Yeah. Mm, good, good deal. Good. We'll come yeah. back to that web series here shortly here and, and revisit your thoughts on that. How about uh, you, Roger? Oh, um, I'm, I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry about that. So I guess we'll start with disappointments. I haven't had many. And um, yeah. I mean, I guess disappointment wise is every relationship I've had in L.A. Um, right. Could be right. <laughs> every. Nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, to be quite honest, you um, there. I haven't had much disappointment. I've been on a slow but steady incline. Hmm. You know, like like uh, Jay Pat said, I figured I was gonna land. I was gonna land at LAX, and it was gonna pop off. Like my expectations were above and beyond anybody else's expectations. I mean, I I knew that I was gonna make it, but I also knew I had to work hard. But I mean, I came there ready, locked, loaded. So I think the only the only disappointment I've ever had was maybe in year three realizing what Jay Pat said is to not focus on how long it's gonna take. Because oh, I was, I, I didn't know that. Because I remember um, talking to people like you know Kenny. Kenny would say, "Hey, look, it's gonna take about three, four years to kind of get settled." I was like, "Kenny, shut up." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it was everybody. My friend Jamie, yeah. my friend Chanel. They were like, "Yo, it takes about three, four years to really get settled." And people, I'm like, "Get out of here!" Because when I went to go visit for those four months, I booked a feature film in two weeks. Oh wow! You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm here. Like I'm working. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here. I'm working. This is I'm, I'm gonna be doing this. Every, every, you know, every month I'm be booking something. Right. And, but then it hits you, you know, it's just a new face in a new place. So I get the, the only disappointment I have, which, which isn't really a disappointment anymore because now I've faced reality is that I didn't, you know, I didn't shine, you know, as fast as I wanted to. But now I know that this is a, you know, this is a, it's an attrition, you know, right. you have to, you gotta be around, you know, gotta be around for a while. So yeah. Right. And then, um, as far as accomplishments go, you know, I would uh, have to agree with Kenny. Establishing, sitting down, uh, and creating this web series was one. And uh, I guess my little play in the fame is uh, I went on a uh, an audition. It's a horror film called Devils Do yeah. that I did. When I went in, it was literally two lines. It was, "Do you need a ride? I'll take you somewhere authentic." 
<laughs> and, uh, right. that, that was it. That, those were my two lines. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I really didn't want to do it because they wanted a local hire to go to Dominican Republic as a local hire. So I was going to have to fly myself and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, but I'll do it. Cool. Mm, yeah. And they're doing it. They decide, you know, and uh, I go into the audition you know, do well on audition. And they decide, you know something? No, we're going to fly you. We'll take care of you. Da, da, da. I get there. First day of shooting. I just kind of like freestyle. Like the guy was like, hey, just, you know, do your thing. And it went from having two lines to they literally restructured the entire script. And I became the villain in a horror film, oh my. you know? Yeah. So it went from like, oh, I'm going to be shooting three days in the Dominican Republic to I shot for five days in the Dominican Republic. I was in New Orleans for 28 days. Went to Paris for five days. And it just became... You know, it became a lot more than I expected. And that's why I tell people when they're like, oh, yeah, it's only two lines. I'm like, homeboy, make that two lines. Leonardo DiCaprio worthy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. kill those two lines as much as possible. Crazy. You know? Yeah. And I'm still living off that money. Like, I'm still living off of devil's due money. Oh, you man. Quite <laughs> so, uh, those residuals. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. So, um, that's good stuff. So I guess, yeah, that. That in the series, I mean, just being able to put that together and get it out there. And, you know, we didn't hit web series numbers like we wanted to, but I don't know one person that has sat down and watched our series and was, and was disappointed at the end. Right, right. You know what I mean? The, you know, 10,000 people that have seen it, yeah. love it. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just, we just need, you know, we just need, um, we need another million to watch it. That's all. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna leave, you know, we're going to leave it right there. Actually, I was going to take a break, mm -hmm. but I'm going to give you gentlemen a chance to reset and we're going to give our listeners a chance to reset. And then we're going to talk about this wonderful web series. You gentlemen have mentioned me, you and him when we return from our break. How does that sound to you? Okay. Sounds great. Good. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break here, and then we'll be back with Kenny Cooper, J. Patrick Wise, and Roger Piana after this break. Do not go anywhere, folks. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. We are continuing a fantastic discussion with three talented gentlemen, Kenny, J. Patrick, and Roger, the creators of Me, You, and Him. And gosh, let's talk about this wonderful web series here, gentlemen. And I'm just going to read a little synopsis here of this series. My God is... It's uh, outstanding to say the least. And again, I go back to that because, you know, you don't see this type of stuff happening with three brothers. So I, I appreciate it even more. But here's a brief synopsis here for you folks listening to this podcast. In a world of status updates, tweets, likes, and posts, can anyone get this relationship thing right? Best friends Kevin, Ralphie, and Pierce thought they were winning at dating. Kevin is in a relationship with Jane, according to Facebook. Jane, however, wants to change her status to married. Of course, we've all seen that happen, by the way. <laughs> the problem is Kevin doesn't like the idea 
of marriage. Ralphie, thanks to Tinder, Mr. I'm not a player, I crush a lot, has a rotation of women at his disposal, but he dumped them all to get back with his ex, Rosanna, and gosh, the problem is he swiped her to the left. Now, Pierce is celibate for Jesus, poster boy of ChristianMingle.com. He's every church girl's dream man, haunted by a reoccurring not-so-wet dream, and smitten by his newly single female best friend, Imani. He might be forced to update his godly profile. That's a hell of a synopsis there, and (laughs) I think it, it totally tells us what's going on. Uh, to say the least, but I've got to ask you, gentlemen, and whoever wants to answer this question, because it's a big one, and maybe it's a multiple uh, answer question, but, uh, you know, where did the inspiration for this series come from? All right, Max, before I even answer that, yeah, uh, can I say that you reading that was amazing. Oh, okay? good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man. You all wrote it. You know, I'm almost reading what's written here, man. This is a, it's a fantastic synopsis. I, the credit yeah. goes back to you, gentlemen. I'll start off, but uh, everybody else can elaborate on it. We kind of came up with this because each of these characters, this is really what we were going through in life. Like Mm we we face life and we pretty much just sat down and wrote about what we were going through. Yeah. Like my situation at the time, I was in a relationship and I kind of didn't really believe in the institution of marriage. And I, you know, I I have no problem. I'm fine being in a relationship. I'm not a cheater. I I don't sleep around, but marriage is just something that's, not you know at at points in life right so different at points in life you know it's not it wasn't something it wasn't a goal of mine so right right where it came from yeah no i just want to jump in yeah who wants to yeah yeah out. uh it's it's uh based on actual events that may or may not have happened is the uh phrase we kind of toss around jokingly so yeah there, there are certain you know embellishments like i don't have a best female friend but we definitely pull from honest places and honest experiences, certainly. But the inspiration also came out of an observation about the entertainment culture and things like that. So in other words, we saw a niche. There's nothing like this out. And we had the creativity and the ideas and, and everything we needed to kind of, you know, facilitate that process coming to bear. So we, we took the opportunity and ran with it. You know, it was a joke and we kind of circulated it for a while. And then we were like, you know, let's do it. Let's put a pen to paper and make it happen. Man, and, it. you know, that's what we did. Yeah. And then uh, it was just a, a guy's perspective on dating. And, you know, so many times when you see relationship, think anything pertaining to relationships is really more so based on the female's perspective. But what would it look like if we talked about dating from a guy's perspective? Right. That's uh, what I love about it, too. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it's centered around the rapport that, you know, that goes on between three guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it, it kind of gives women like that fly on a wall perspective and how guys kind of talk about relationships when they're not around. So yeah. everybody. <laughs> but not only dating from a guy's perspective, losing in yes. a guy from a guy's perspective, because yes. even I mean, you know, you, you said a lot of times the relationship talk is from a woman's perspective. And yeah. but when they do show it from a man's perspective, they're winning. You know, right. they're always winning. So we wanted to show that we were damaged. You know, we were damaged goods, just like, you know, how we always say, you know, women have baggage where we're just as damaged as women are. Also feeding off of uh, what Jay Pat said is that, um, you know, we we created this out of, out of necessity to be frank and, you know, at the same time being respectful. I mean, we were watching other web series and they were horrible. 
Mm, yeah, right. It's pretty. It's a really bad web series, and I was like, "We can do better than this. We're more talented. We have the resources. We we can do this." Now, none of us. I mean, I've written. I had written a couple sh- um, short films, but I don't think none of us. Um, none of us um, put on our, re- our resume that we're writers. But we was like, "We can do this," you know. Yeah. And I remember just you know having a conversation saying, "Look, let's just get together, man. Let's write it. Let's just start writing." And yeah, it took us eight months. To get this whole thing done. Oh, okay. To, to I was wondering that. Eight months. It crazy. took eight months just to write it, just yeah. to write the season. Crazy, crazy. And then it took another what? Another year to actually like get it produced and get it out there and launch it. Wow. But yeah, it was out of necessity, and not only for us, we were all out of the place. You know, Kenny mentioned earlier that he was in a tough place. You know, I was in a tough place. I just wanted to be creative. Like I was like, let's create something, let's do it. And now luckily, although we were all in dark places or, you know, however you want to call it, the one place we all were in or in a creative spot, we're like, all right, let's do it. And we, you know, we teamed up and, and got it done. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. It's cool how you all personalized it too. And I think that sticks out about it. You really do get, you know, three unique characters was a plethora of characters in it but you know you three really stick out you can really tell that this was you know more of a the personal project the passion project one thing i want to say too is and you know kenny just to give our listeners some context kenny plays kevin jay patrick plays pierce roger you know plays ralphie one thing i mean there's eight episodes and kind of rewind here a bit who came up with the title first and foremost because i want to talk about your <laughs> characters but you know who came up with the title for this roger Oh, yeah. Yeah. how did that uh manifest so unfortunately i cannot start any project without titling it like yeah. i just cannot I, just, I have to come up with a title even if it's a working title it has to have a title first and then i can start working on it i knew that we were going to be telling stories about ourselves and i was like well listen you know it's here i mean it, it's about it's gonna be about me you and him and i was like that's it each episode is going to be me and you talking and then him's going to come and interfere, whatever the hell we're talking about. So it's me, you and him. So each episode, I'm going to be me. You're going to be you. Him's going to come in. Next episode, you're going to be me. He's going to be you. And I'm going to be him. You know, so it's like, that's how I came up with it. And it was almost like it just clicked. Everybody was like, you know, at first I think they just agreed on it just so that we could start. I hated it. But then, I hated it. <laughs> but then, then it's like, it, started to make sense. It was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like this actually makes sense. Let's do this. Yeah. And as, and as we began to write it, like that title took on an even d- deeper level of significance because we found mm-hmm. out like, as we explore relationships and how social media has kind of like informed everything that we do, right. the him now in a relationship has become social media. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship with a woman, it's me in a relationship, it's you in a relationship. And him is like, this relationship that we both have to have with social media about our relationship. Oh, it's such a great, great, great approach. Love that. Yeah. And you kind of see how we intertwine social media and how that affects, you know, either enhances or, you know, detracts from the relationships, both romantic and, you know, platonic that we're engaged in. Right. Right. That being said, I want to want to give a shout out to um, Esther Lou. Oh, nice. That's the we, well, we had our um, we had our read through. We you know we we cast the read through. We had like this, we had some producers come in mm-hmm. for the read through to hear. It. We didn't really think of it that way. And mm-hmm. she's she's a writer. Once we did the read through, she said, you know, she said, you know what I really like? I like the fact that every episode you guys have connected everything to social media. Yeah. And to be quite honest with you, when we wrote it, that really wasn't our intent. Mm-hmm. So, so we went back. We we're like, yeah, we it wasn't our intent. Crazy. Not saying that we that we knew that we we're gonna put social media into it, but right. like Jay Pat said, it when him evolved into 
Instagram. We were like, oh, that makes so much sense. And she's the one that actually embedded that into our head. And we literally went back to the drawing board. We didn't have to change much, but we went back to the drawing board and we were like, boom, 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 boom. And then it just made, then it it actually made it just flow so much easier, at least in my opinion. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing social media as a character really, really gave it some clarity and direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting. You know, you're all, you know, producers on it and writers. I kind of want to talk about your creative process and how you were able to make this entire collaboration work. Can you, cause it's, you know, there's a lot of hats there and obviously there's a lot of heads at the table. So how are you all able to make the writing process in particular work? <laughs> you know, honestly, because like Roger said, we, we weren't, we weren't, we don't all consider ourselves writers. Yeah. So like writing w- was was a little tough at, at times, and and like literally we I think we finished the first three episodes, three or four episodes, and like in the first maybe two months, and like yeah. Roger said, it was eight months to finish the rest. So we finished like ha- pretty much half the season, and it was just at a point where like we just weren't motivated. There wasn't enough life. There wasn't enough creativity in us to to get it out. Uh, eventually, I, I remember at some points I was like, guys, we got to We got to like, Pat, what, what's your next episode? What's this? And 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 what's that? Because like we, we were moving on to other episodes and like we, we, I was like, Roger, we got to like, we got to get this out. And like we just had to eventually and then at times they were like, Kenny, you got to fix this. And it was like eventually you just have to point fingers and say like, all right, come on. It's time to here. Here's a computer. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. You do it. A lot of times what our writing meetings or writing sessions consisted of is like, like none of us lived together at the time. So we just kind of like meet up and just kind of catch up about what was happening in life. And we're laughing and laughing. The next thing you know, two hours have gone by. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, we should write that. Then as we start telling stories and and recounting, you know, things that have happened, oh, write that down. Or we kind of pull something from that, extract something from that, create an entirely different story from it. And, uh, you know, so it became fun in that way. So a lot of times, like our sessions were very fun. Yeah. It's, was this thing sort of like therapy for you all in some way? Therapeutic. I mean, being able to talk about some of the things that have occurred or being able to create characters around perhaps situations that really occurred in your life or similar situations. Did you all find that somewhat therapeutic? Absolutely. This is, yeah, this, this is Roger. It was for me. It was funny to like write down some of the stuff that I would say that I, I literally said to my ex-girlfriend, you know, just to yeah. keep her around. There's one scene where she's like, you know, I, I say, I really like to see you. And she was like, well, uh, something about, I only want to see you for sex. And I was like, well, if that's all I can get, I'll take it. Right. right. Like, <laughs> like I, I just want to see you. It doesn't matter how, when, where I just need, to, I just want to be around you. And I remember, I actually remember calling Kenny when I said it. Wow. Yeah. I said, Kenny, do you know, do you know that I said this? And he was like, you got to write that down, bro. Yeah. Right. Right. You got to write that, you know what I mean? Like that's how, talk. that's how, that's how open, that's how wide my nose was. Right. right. This girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I say therapeutic too, but I, there's a sense of vulnerability here. Obviously you guys have a, a good friendship, but, um, you know, to kind of dig into those types of personal situations, that's not easy to do though. Uh, True. To, was, was that a it's, challenge? It, yeah. So is you're vulnerable certainly, but you're all, it's also kind of, uh, empowering yeah. because you get to tell the story. And, and it's a story that most people may not, it can be a story or it can be a character or it can be a perspective that most people haven't had access to. And in that way, you kind of get to like navigate the narrative. 
Mm, right. And, you know, it comes from an honest place. It comes from a vulnerable place. But in that specificity, like you kind of branch into this like uh, universal appeal in a way, like the more specific we got, the more people could relate to it. Right. Gotcha. OK. OK. Anything you want to say about that, uh, Kenny? Like it was very therapeutic in, in the sense that Roger was talking about and Patrick was talking about and also just like getting together and talking like we, like and another thing that we did in the, in the talking time was like we would get on Instagram and say, hey, check out this meme, check out this. And that how a lot of that shaped into the it just came naturally to be part of the story. And um, and, uh, and also like a lot of stuff happened, like just in writing sessions, like oh, yeah. some days. Right. We watched the Super Bowl one day. We <laughs> one of my high school friends remember, remember guys came out to me. Like came out, I was like, oh, yeah. oh wow, remember crazy! When we got the phone call, while while I'm sitting what? there writing with them, yeah, they're like, yeah, like, like yeah, he just matter of fact, him and his husband just got married, went to their wedding last March. Wow, but yeah, like it, so it was like there was a magic behind it that a lot of things were happening, you know, that uh just in our lives at that time, it was a perfect uh, what's a putri dish of stuff to to you know kind of really cook up something. Were you all playing yourselves? Yeah, we um uh, we all we all played ourselves exactly. That's what right. we did. Right. We actually thought we played with the idea. We thought about it one time saying, well, you know, I'll play this role, but, you know, why mess up a good thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What was it like creating and writing your own characters for this? What did what was that process like for each of you? Briefly speaking, you know, what was unique about it is the fact like you get to see how your friends see you. Mm. Yeah. So you're not only writing for yourself, mm. but your friends are contributing to the character that you're writing about yourself. Oh, fascinating. Right. So it's like, you know, you know, if I'm writing about myself, like Roger's like, hey, Pat, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I might not do that. Yeah. So he's like, am I like that? So it's very like going back to that therapeutic thing. It's, it's a lot of time for like self-reflection, but we do it like in this humorous way. And it just happens to end up on the page. Right. But it's the result of like what Kenny said, you know, the, the stuff we see on Instagram, stuff we see on television is also these funny conversations and stuff that's happening in our lives as we're engaged in this entire process. Mm, yeah. How about you, Kenny? We'll go you next. You know, I think that I definitely had the easiest story to write out of, mm. out of um, the three storylines. of the, I had the easiest one. And like, because I, I literally, literally wanted to just show this uh, take on a relationship. Yeah. That's all Kevin James' character is. It's not, it's, uh, you know, like Rogers is really deep with, you know, dealing with his feelings and dealing with heartbreak. And Patrick's is, is a really good, like, love story. You know what I mean? Yep. Of a flawed guy, of a flawed guy. Yep. And, um, but uh, like Kevin and Jane, it was just like a simple relationship that I wanted people to see and take moments whenever they're together. And people say, like, anybody that's in a relationship that's ever been in a relationship, be like, that's us. That's me and my girlfriend. Mm, right. Like, you know what I mean? Two people that love each other. They can argue. They can argue about dumb stuff because that's all relationships are. Yeah. You argue about dumbest stuff. Ain't that the <laughs> truth? That's the truth. <laughs> you know, and like and right. for, for no reason, just to prove that you're right. Yep. That's the only reason you don't you don't even believe half the stuff you argue about. Right. So I wanted to like paint that picture. And then also the two episodes with Kevin and Jane, those were like real life experiences, like mm, yeah. the therapy thing. My girlfriend at the time was getting her master's in psychology. So like we literally went to like a group sex therapy mm, thing yeah. that she wanted to try out. She wanted to see it. And it was like the weirdest thing because everybody's talking about their weird sex lives. And we're just sitting there like quiet as hell, like <laughs> ready to leave. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they talk about putting everything out there. They had been married for 10 years and we were just like, okay, all right. Yeah. So whenever this time is up, we're just going to leave and, and slide out the back with a slice of pizza. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, so that's, that's how it was for me. That's how, you know, yeah. was it little Caesars? <laughs> it, it was Domino's, Domino's. Oh man. 
been so. at five ninety nine two topping special. <laughs> not bad. That's brutal. Not bad. I could go for not some bad. of that right now. I know, man. Good stuff. Yeah, Roger, do you want to share anything on that? For my story, when we first started writing it, I was already two, almost two and a half years removed from the relationship. So, wow. you know, a lot of it you was a little, uh, Yeah, it was a lot of reflection. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when Kenny says that he was living it, we were writing, having writing sessions in his now former ex-girlfriend, I mean, his ex-girlfriend's house. Like, we were having writing sessions. She would be walking around and we were literally writing about her. You oh, know what crazy. I mean? so, <laughs> it, was, it was actually happening, you know, which, was, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, you, know, I was, you know, I was like two and a half years removed from it. And um, a lot of what I wrote was actually a part of a short film that I was writing about the relationship that I was in. So, you know, for me, my when I was writing for me, I felt like it was coming off easy. And of course, they would come in and be like, oh, you need to change that. You know, you need to do that, you know, because that's one of the well, I think one of the best parts of collaborating with each other was that everybody wrote their like essentially we wrote our own episodes and then I grabbed it. I gave it to Kenny and Kenny would be like, cut, add, cut, cut, add, add, cut. Then he would rotate it to J-Pat. J-Pat would look at it and say, oh, add that, put that back. This is even funnier. Da, 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 da. And then they would rotate that to me. I cleaned it up. And that's how each episode happened, essentially. Yeah. You know, we would, yeah. you know, they would outline it, then mm-hmm. we would go demolish it <laughs> and then rebuild it. So we we literally just crushing each other every time. But it was, you know, it was in a way to always make it better. You know? Wow. By so, the way, what were you guys using from a technology standpoint in order to do that? Were you like Google Docs? Was it like, you know, were you using Final Draft? Were you using... You know, Celtics, how, how are you guys actually working on the dialogue and sharing that back and forth as a group there? It's kind of an interesting. <laughs> uh, well, so Boole copied the final draft. Nice. Yeah, Boole copied the final draft. And for some reason, J-Pat is still using MS-DOS. So, oh, right, man. Right. <laughs> I, can, I can code, man. Everything. <laughs> I, still, I got a supercomputer in the garage. <laughs> You're talking to us from a rotary phone right now, right? Right, Pat is, is an original hidden figures. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, hilarious, hilarious. So yeah. that's crazy, though. So you all were using the collaboration mode there, kind of. No, 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 no. Literally, like, so me and Kenny had, we both had a final draft. We would write it, and when I say we would pass it, we'll literally grab my laptop. I would pass it over to Kenny. He would, <laughs> like, nice. like we just, we just we just rotated laptops around. Oh, that's awesome. It, like we didn't have, you know, like now it's funny, I'm, 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 I'm producing a commercial this weekend mm, yeah. and I'm another producer and it was my first time ever using Google Docs. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I had this, but to be quite honest with you, I loved when we met up, you know, it was six hours, you know, which four hours of it was complete bullshit where we just <laughs> like laughed. <laughs> Two hours, we got some stuff done, you know? Yeah. So like, had we collaborated on like a Google Docs thing, it just wouldn't have been as fun. Oh, yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. Like, I, I got Google Docs. I use that stuff. I've, I've been using it for school or whatever, but to meet up, it, there's something there that you got to see each other and put a face to it and connect. Right. And that's something you can't do over a phone mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. electronics or whatever. Yeah. By the way, have the ladies watched this and do they have something to say? You know, some of the subject matter, you know, <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything to say? Did you take any shit afterwards? <laughs> Or during each episode, even. You know, my uh, the, the girl I wrote this about, I actually, we and her broke up during the filming of it. Oh, my. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's cordial. It was for the best. Yeah. But uh, I don't think she's watched it yet. 
Like, as oh. last time I talked to her, she still hadn't watched it. You know she's watched that. Yeah. You know she's got to watch it. She don't want to admit that, but you know she watched it. Max, can I just add that we shot in her house? Oh. <laughs> yeah, we did. That is crazy. See, that's a fun fact yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of yeah. awkward. Kind of yeah. awkward. Yeah. yeah. Craziness. Wild. Wild. Yeah. What about you guys? What about everybody else? Did any uh, hear anything through the grapevine? I don't. Any I don't sub think tweets like, out there about you? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think my ex girlfriend watched it. I mean, like the Asian Jackie, and um, you know, some of the um, the other <clears throat> the other women that I deal with in the in the episodes, people might have looked at and was like, "Hey, that's kind of like me." You know, they might have said that, but they never. <laughs> I just they got never that one, Roger. I just got it. <laughs> 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 but no, I've never been confronted. At least okay. I've never been confronted. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't been confronted or anything. Definitely nothing negative. Any feedback I've gotten about the show has been positive from from women. Yeah. 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 yeah I can imagine because it, it shows men in a different light. Yeah. What was the casting process like? Because you all had a pretty large size cast for the series. How did you all make that happen? And did you have people in mind? I'll let, I'll let you guys talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So here's, here's, here's a funny little something. So one of the things we wanted to do, supposedly, when we first started, oh, goodness. was is that we <laughs> planned, Don't do it. Don't say it. No, no. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm going to say it. No, we, don't do what it. We planned, what we planned on doing was to stay away from, I guess, would you say, like the typical beautiful Hollywood girl. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to say, okay, we're going to just get pretty girls, but they're normal. Yeah. You know, like East right. Rays. We're going to get a whole bunch of East Rays. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, yeah, like, yeah. Um, was, awkward. By the way, it was beautiful. By the way, right. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. yeah. Okay, I love, right. I love you, Issa. I want to work with you. Right, right. I want to work with you too, but I'm not gonna say you're beautiful. Like, I mean, you're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody got their own. Um, but anyway, so if y'all pick well, now, I'll, I'll say that. I'll, so, I'll, I'll, but that's then, my so, and of course, that's how that's how we started. And then I would be first to say that I went against the mode. I was the first uh. person against the mode oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it all dominoed from there <laughs> but but here's the deal but here's, the, here's what we did do is that you know we wanted to still cast talented women so like you know although they are beautiful each and every one of them they were all talented as well so we weren't just casting just because you know they're pretty yeah and stuff like that. let me you know all jokes aside the actresses in this are fantastic so uh, are you hats off to all the actresses in this series are just did a fantastic job. No doubt about that. And they were cinematic. I'll say that too. So mm-hmm. did a great job. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Deandra, Deandra Loud, Amaris, Kalia, which by the way, all these people are doing way like really, really good stuff. Now. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, we are doing good. La Senora Mota, uh, Suveria. Oh yeah. What else we got? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, over Kiana. Here? Kiana. Yeah. Kiana. Yep. Yeah. Kiana. Uh, yeah. You got Dana Dooley, you got Kalila Joy. Yeah, Kalila Joy. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, just a, a plethora of just like good talent. And then and, and let's not let's let's give a shout out to Dr. Dinkle, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Wayne. Tony Wayne. Came through. Yeah. Solid. Solid cast. Very, very good job. Was that process hell or what was that like? Or was it fun? Because I mean, there are a lot of folks in this. So I mean, seriously, how did you all put that together? How long did that take? that process you know what honestly a lot of stuff like dr dinkle we knew right away we all knew mm. tony we knew yeah. so, so like 
literally the, it, like he's playing it and um so a lot of the characters written that way but like for the three female leads we, we didn't ha- even have a casting session so we knew people we, oh, knew, nice. we knew dope actors so like and I, I didn't even know deandra who ended up playing jane you know my girlfriend in the place i didn't know her and like i was like no i know some other dope actresses and, and jay pat was literally like like you need to check this girl out just watch this film you need to check her out and she was in a film i forgot what it was called jay, i don't know pat if you remember the name of, of this short film hmm. he showed with dan and i was like she's it she's it like, oh, I, like yeah. I was like it's amazing like i had never even met her i was like i'm, I'm okay cool you know right. Right. So, talent talented people my god very interesting you know i i gotta ask you about your locations what was that process like because you know shooting can be hell how were you able to secure these locations some guerrilla filmmaking involved give us the scoop gentlemen we like when we were writing we had good locations in mind good. so we were like oh we, oh, so like somebody was like, yeah, we can get on this helicopter pad. Okay, right. let's write a scene there. Oh, I know this spot. This is like great. And then we can, we, I know we can shoot there. Let's shoot there, you know? So we wrote the scenes, you know, with locations in mind that we already had. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, we took advantage of the resources that were already available to us. Yeah. Was it difficult, though, and during the production? It wasn't. Um, nice. you know, and I, I want to add something else to that. Like, we tried to make it a, a point to never talk about where we were as ah. in, in, in the scene mm-hmm. you know there's a scene where they're they're in a salon getting their hair done you know like and, and there's no talk about the fact that there's two guys towels wrapped around their heads getting mm-hmm. spa treatment you know and to be quite honest with you that location was somewhat of an accident because we were supposed to be shooting in the restaurant portion of that location and they forgot and they were like well the salon section is open and we're like we'll make it work and we just like this is what we're gonna do. Let's go. Let's just right. do it. Right. Uh, that's how that. Not good deal. Anything else yeah. you generally want to add? And one one thing I want to say to uh, like you know people that are doing it guerrilla style and indie style is something that I was probably the Nazi of this. Not to use that term. I know it's sensitive time. <laughs> In the sense of when you're shooting on lower budgets, get wider shots. Especially if you have a great location. Right. Don't shoot so tight. It makes your, your production look bigger. And you see all of our locations, you know, like Roger and you mean Donovan? Donovan, Donovan, yeah, Donovan, Donovan, Donovan. Oh, Donovan. yeah, Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. Like what they did was like they got these great establishing shots and we we lived in those for, for you know, so people could see that and see that we had these great locations because we had every home we shot in would look lived in. It didn't look like somebody's L.A. apartment. We looked, you know, so we we had to back up the camera to like get this stuff and set it up because then it made us, our production value go up. Right. So good point no sense having a great location if you're not going to shoot it yeah they were very visible just one of the things i noticed i was like hey this is some really cool locations and made it happen in a spot yeah. so yeah hats off to you all for making it happen i was very curious how you were able to pull that off because out here there's so many hoops you got to go through in general just to shoot you know there was at the time when we were shooting i was in film school mm-hmm. so there were a couple times where i pulled the whole student film card out nice <laughs> but only if we were shooting a student film and they were Love like oh, okay cool Student, okay. And I, I had my ID with me, and I was like, "Look, you know, we're just shooting this thing." And nice. What also helped is our crew was small. We were the crew, by right. the way. Mm, yeah, we, I saw that. Noticed that. I was wondering about that. Yeah, okay. we, we were the crew, and the pace in which we shot. Right. Um, like we didn't, you know. I mean, the, I think our longest day was seven hours. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nice. We, like, we were moving. Like we, we didn't have time to like mess around and, and get caught essentially. We were just trying to shoot it and get, get out of there. Oh my. And those seven hours, the long ones are essentially in our apartment. 
you know, yeah. everything that was my apartment was literally my apartment. You know, everything that was shot, you know, Kenny's and his girlfriend's house was at his ex-girlfriend's house at the time. Well, his home at the right. time. Right. So, you know, we just made use of what we already had. Oh, it's good stuff. Utilizing the resources around you to make the dream come true. That's fantastic. Now, I kind of switch gears here for a second, gentlemen. I mean, I, I kind of see online dating now as kind of like a fast food menu. You know, people <laughs> either, <laughs> you know, they find what they're looking for or, you know, they're off to the next you know, meal or entree. It's interesting the culture we live in now for good or for bad, whatever, you know, what everyone sees it is, is their perspective. I kind of want to know what you gentlemen think about online dating in general. And, you know, I want to kind of pick your brains on your general thoughts on that. Maybe get you, t- you guys in trouble a little bit here. See if your character's kind of, <laughs> but, uh, you know, have first of have any of you had any, you know, success on these online outlets and two, <laughs> and two, you know, what do you think about online dating in general? Because it is definitely, you know, a, probably a good way to, to meet some ladies. I think I'm the only one that's ever been done online dating. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Roger's the only one that I've done. Um, I've only done Twitter, though. I mean, not Twitter, but. Oh, um, what was I about to say, man? You're hitting about. <laughs> <laughs> You're going no, far, only, man. With it. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, I've only done, I've only done Tinder. I never yeah. used. Uh, you know, match or anything to that effect. I mean, I, I know friends that had um, success with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I think only uh, one of the uh, one of the recommendations that I give people, especially the women out there, is you get what you pay for. Right. So, right. especially uh, on Adult Friend Finder. Whoa. If you're on if you're on plenty of fish and you didn't pay to get on it, then most likely that's what you're going to get. You know, you you know, if you're going to pay the money to get on eHarmony and match, most of the time, a good percentage of those guys are actually looking for somebody for real. Right. But the free ones, I mean, even Tinder, I mean, you can, you, uh, you can accuse me of being on Tinder, but I'm so damn picky that right. I'm, I might've made, I might've made like six to seven matches ever. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Do you press? Do you, do, you, do you swipe right? Do you have that little finger, that automated finger there that uh, presses? I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten awful tonal from from swiping left. Like I just like, <laughs> I just like you know, I got these stupid standards. So right, right. But there's I a guess, lot of trannies on Tinder. You got to watch out, man. Yo, real talk. No, no, real talk. And That's now the truth. And that it's real talk. And some of them are beautiful. And I'm like, wait a second. Check Adam's but, apples. <laughs> yeah, and but, but they they at least do you a favor. Some of them say it. They'll say like, oh, I'm a treat them. I'm a which is good. Yeah. And which, I just watched the trans this on HBO. Oh yeah. Pretty good. Right. You know? Yeah. It's good stuff actually. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fake okay. profiles online too. I think that's one of the issues too, as well. You know, sometimes, you know, I've run into ladies where they've like got a conversation with a girl who was like, yeah, she lets her friend use her account and or they'll switch Whoa. accounts and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah some hello Cuba stuff. <laughs> Exactly. So who wants to go next? I'm curious. Who wants to go next here? I want to, I want to hear about, you know, the, the, even if you haven't done the online dating thing, what are your thoughts are of it? You know, I I wanted to so bad. Like I wanted to so bad. I'm in a new relationship now. And there was like a year period that like, I want, I was like, Oh, online dating. Cause like when it came out, I was in a relationship for like four years. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So soon as soon as I get out, I was like, I'm jumping right into it. And then I was like, then I started thinking, I was like, you know what? Well, let me, let me give it like some grace period. Like, you know, about three or four months, you know, that I'm single. So I don't like run on there with my ex-girlfriend's friends or anything like that. Or run into my <laughs> ex-girlfriend would be terrible. I'm not trying to match with her anymore, you know? So, uh, but then, then 
you know, Max, I got to be honest with you. I did pretty well out here in the real world. All I did right. pretty well out here in the real world. I did, I did, <laughs> I did pretty good. You know, things start raining in for Kenny Cooper that, that, yeah. that one year when I was single. So, you know, it was, it was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. I didn't, didn't really need to go to my phone. Right? <laughs> Salute to that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, what about you, Jay Pat? I haven't done it. I think it could potentially be a great thing. Like, I have several friends around the country who met their wives or their husbands online yeah. and they, they, they swear by it. Like they recommend it so highly uh, as opposed to, you know, traditional forms of meeting somebody. Have I done that? Have I taken their advice? The answer is no. Yeah. Why not? Why haven't I? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, you're <laughs> um, tonight. You got to start getting them profiles going nah, tonight. Cause, cause I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I, we had this joke in the three, me, uh, Kenny and Roger have this joke about, disqualifying people based on their Instagram profile. Yeah. Right. Right. So if, if I don't need your phone number, if I can get your Instagram profile, like That's if I can go to Instagram profile and look at him like, eh, it's not even worth the investment. <laughs> like, I don't even have, like, we don't even have to go to Jama Juice <laughs> and just show me the Instagram. I'd be like, nope, this ain't gonna work. Like I can tell, like if your bio says I love Jesus and then you naked in the third picture, I'm like, you know what? We probably gonna have a conflict of interest. <laughs> so, you see a lot of so, that too uh, on Instagram nowadays. You it's do all see a lot there. of that. On There's I'm no like, mystery at all. It's just, it's his ass everywhere. Yes, it's <laughs> it just is cornucopia. It is. It's a it's a problem for dudes who, who not trying to be inundated with that stuff at twelve o'clock while you at work sitting <laughs> at your desk. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I haven't tried it. But a friend dared me to do it for a month, and I'm considering taking him up on that offer. Like it'd oh be my. like you know one of my uh, coworkers. It's like, man, let's do it for a month and see what happens. And I was like, let me think about it. What's that you gonna do? I don't know. See, that's the stuff you got to consider all yeah. that. And then like, I'm already on the phone enough. I ain't trying to be on the phone. Like, when do you check Tinder? Like, do you walk out of church and pull your phone? I'd be like, oh, it's Tinder time now. <laughs> or do you like, hey. like you walk out of the gym? Do you check your, your Tinder between sets? And you're like, oh man, I just lived 225. Let me check my Tinder. Like, I don't know when to do it. Like, how do you, so you got to like learn that, that like rhythm. I'm like, I don't know if I feel like doing all that. So I told him I'd think about it and let him know the decision I come to. It could be interesting. Though. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of wonder though, is it possible to really have a long lasting relationship in the world of online dating? Because years ago, right. You know, our, our folks or you know, family members, you know, or a couple generations ahead of us or one generation ahead of us, you know, said that, you know, it's impossible. You'd have to meet people. You'd have to get connected to people and meet them <clears throat> out somewhere or, you know, meeting people was just a different thing. Now with technology, it's a strange world we live in where some people are constantly up and down on these sites. Some people get addicted to the process of online yeah. dating. So what do you all think about this? It's a weird world we live in now where your girlfriends could have him, the him and the, and the web series. <laughs> they have like 14 billion social media accounts, different email addresses, guys contacting them all the time. You know, how do you mm -hmm. get into a relationship nowadays when you've got, you know, your girl maybe talking to you and then going in the bathroom and uploading some kind of duck face selfie? I mean, Hilarious. you know, what? Max, I'm going to be honest with you. My current girlfriend, we've been together for about a, a little over a year now. And when I first met him, I think I told the fellas this. I was like, when I first met her, and I, like she was fine. Pat was there when I well, they were both there, actually, when I met her two different times anyways. But when I looked up on Instagram, she only had like 600 followers. And I was wow. like, there it is. She was fine as hell. With only six hundred followers, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> in LA, I, in LA, do to look at your followers and make a decision. Like, 
and you've got like 12,000 followers. He's like, nah, no, nope. <laughs> you got like a thousand and you got 15,000. I'll pass. Right. Right. Cause that makes a difference nowadays. You got to like take all this stuff into consideration. Whereas before, you know, there wasn't that access to all these different stimuli and that works both ways. You know, because yeah. it's, it's an interesting world we live in, especially with social media. People have so many multiple ways of contacting us that just kind of interfere with, you know, our, our ability for our own privacy in order to, to kind of uh, keep our relationships as, uh, you know, seclusive or, you know, as, as they should yeah. be. And uh, th- there's some weird factors to consider nowadays, isn't there? Yeah. Like, I might not necessarily have a problem with you having more followers. I mean, my question is, like, what are you doing to maintain that following? Like, in other words, what's the draw to your page? In other words, if, if, right. if, if, the, if you're presenting your body yeah. and that's the reason for your followers, then I'm not attracted to that. That's just a personal preference. But if you're like posting stuff that's maybe, you know, motivational, inspirational, thought provoking stuff and, and people are coming to your page for things that engage their mind or things that may transform their lives. I'm like, oh, that's and you got 30,000 followers off of that. I'm like, how can I help you? You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's different. Like, I, I don't want to then like and, and some people like. The person that they present on Instagram is not the person that they are. Right. That's a good so it's like, right there. do I like you or do I like your representative? And it's a lot of questions. It gets confusing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly a lot to think about. I think that's what's unique about yeah. this web series, too. You, I can imagine it. You know, this conversation alone may generate some ideas for a, uh, a next season here, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> do you all ever yeah. think folks get addicted to uh, online dating? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the, because right now, the faster, the quicker is the instant uh, gratification of it all. Yeah. I mean, some people dating is essentially just texting. I mean, they don't even have to see each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're addicted to just DMing people, sending them messages. They never they, there's some people that don't even want to ever meet you. Right. Right. You know. Right. And that's one of the that's one of the things I learned on Tinder is um, some of these girls on their profile says if we don't meet within like two days, do not swipe right. Because, <laughs> yes. you know, essentially they don't want their time wasted either because a lot of times these dudes, they're just like texting them the entire time. And usually they're texting them because their wives are next to them. Oh yeah, right. right. They're always wondering who's taking a picture. You know, you see some pictures and you're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like her, it's like her man taking a picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. By yeah. the way, Roger, do you, uh, you know, do you have a rotation on, uh, of women on a uh, Tinder like uh, Ralphie. <laughs> oh man, oh, uh, let's give the world an update. I'm a oh, father my. now. Oh, so okay, um, okay. yeah, I have a I have a five month old son. Yeah, this would be interesting for you. Me and my best friend decided to have a kid together. Oh wow, interesting. My yeah. female best friend and um, we are not intimate in any way, in shape, or form. I was 39 years old. She was 37. We had this conversation a little bit ago and decided, you know. At the time when we made the decision, I wasn't dating anybody that I wanted to be around for more than three hours. You know what I mean? Um, No joke. Yeah. And, you know, she is a VP at a huge corporation. So she doesn't, she doesn't make the time to date in my opinion, but yeah. So we decided to do this and we've been friends. We've been really, really close for 10 years. And that's why I'm in Atlanta right now. I'm raising a son. Oh, wow. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. So, so Tinder, as far as the rotation, I haven't been on Tinder and shoot. Couple hours, like, couple hours. A couple hours. A couple hours. No, I've been on. I've been on Tinder. You're swiping so like, right, you know, right now, man. I'm trying to get you in trouble, aren't I? Yeah. I'm no, no, but you're not going to get me in trouble. Who are you going to get me in trouble with? Like, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I have a friend, so. But yes, yeah, so, good stuff. So, uh, yeah, just 
raising a son. Man, how is that? How's fatherhood? Is it challenging? <laughs> Not as challenging as motherhood, that's oh, for sure. That's <laughs> like, right. To be honest with you, man, um, I don't envy, her name is Courtney. I don't envy Courtney at all. Shout out to Courtney, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Courtney. It's, uh, I cry a lot now for no apparent reason. I listen to a lot of podcasts, which is, you know, I actually started listening to your podcast. Oh, I appreciate that, man. And, Good stuff right there. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, no, I'm, I'm subscribed. Salute to that. But I listened to Radio Lab and This American Life. And today it was funny. Today I was listening to an episode of Radio Lab and you were talking about autism and kids. Mm, yeah. I'm driving and I just like, I just started crying because I have a healthy son. Yeah. And I couldn't. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that was. <laughs> but I have a healthy son. And, you know, to hear these people's stories on like, you know, the challenges that it takes to raise a child with autism and stuff like that. Yeah, so no joke. I, uh, I cry easily now, you know, uh, yeah. like, I think that's the biggest difference. And just, you know, just a sense of responsibility, mm, yeah. something big to me. And I think, I don't know if Kenny's still here, but I remember me and, uh, me and Kenny had a conversation. The most important thing to Kenny for a very, very long time and for myself was to uh, be a successful actor mm. at the age of 36 that changed for me. Like I just, I wanted to be a father. Like I just wanted to be a father. So I've done that, you know, now it's back to being a successful actor. I mean, successful actor again or successful artist in general. But, um, yeah. at one point I just, I was like, you know, something I don't, I don't, I don't even care anymore. I just, I, I want to be a father. That's, that's what I'm doing. Wow. No joke. Very yeah. cool. Very interesting. Yeah. By the way, now, yeah. now gentlemen, next season, let's put it that yeah. way. What's going on. Is there some uh, cake in the oven? <laughs> Man, uh, go ahead, J. Pat, kill that. I'm not. We, we probably need to talk to Kenny about cakes in the oven. <laughs> uh, pun intended. There. Uh, <laughs> I just seen the finale like two nights ago. So yeah, let's. <laughs> we have it mapped out. Nice. But season one led us to other opportunities, to new doors that we never thought would have opened for us. Wow. So. We have to exhaust those things because it's bigger than a web series now. Mm, nice. Yeah. Let me inject a parenthetical right there. <laughs> when you said cake in the oven, I thought you were talking about Jane being pregnant at the end of season one yeah. and was going to go there. But I was actually, I was. The, oh, I was going to close the parentheses and just say, yeah, I was trying to be symbolic of a couple things there. So, yeah, you know, ah. I tried. I tried with that, you know. I see. I see. I see. Close for I, I thought it was a fantastic play on words. <laughs> I thought it was a great play on words. So Thanks, man. Yeah, try, try, man. I try. <laughs> but it worked once. But yeah, to second Kenny, essentially, we did start outlining season two. My life started evolving in a certain way, and everybody just started getting busy in different ways. And what's funny is we've actually have been brought back together because of season one and working on something different that we uh, definitely need to explore. So once that comes to fruition, We'll then move on to season two. Ah, okay, okay. Good, a little suspicious. Can I come back on the show and be able to talk all about it? Okay, good, good. I like that. I like that. I like the way you all think. Good, good, good. good. Let me interject something. That's, me here. Let me interject something for like aspiring content creators and maybe motivational slash inspirational at this moment. A lot of times when we create content, you know, we upload it to Vimeo, YouTube, whatever it is, Facebook. And we want so many people to see it. We want it to be consumed by as many people as possible. And that is a great goal. But sometimes what you need to consider is that not so many eyes, but just the right set of eyes. Mm. All it takes is two eyes, one face to see your content and do something with it. That is far beyond your ability and far beyond anything you could ever, you know, fathom. So go for the millions, yes, but also hope for that one set of eyes that can actually take what you created and do something tangible 
with it that extends it beyond anything you could ever think. Love that. And with all due respect to Kenny's mom, it could be one eye as well. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Max, my mom is legally blind. She's blind in oh. one eye. And yeah. <laughs> see, 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 wrong. see wrong. you all are wrong. Whoa. Oh, my I'm done. goodness. But it, it's, it's, it's okay. She's, she's... <laughs> that was the lowest. You went low on that one. That was, you went there, man. <laughs> um, that's, how you, that's how you know we're real friends. Hell yeah, love that, love Don't that. Kill me. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Now I gotta ask you, you know, if you were to sum up, and I'm gonna ask each of you this: sum up season one in really one word. You only get one word here. How would you sum it up? And we'll go Roger, JPAT, and then Kenny. Experimental. Yes. Yes would be your. Uh, That's nice. my one word. Nice. Okay. Yes. Good. Good deal. How about you, Kenny? Uh, dream. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Keep it at that. Yeah. I want to add another one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Always breaking the rules. Scrabble <laughs> champ. I think this is one that we could all agree on. Right. Catapulting. That's it. Oh, nice. In what way? Yeah. I mean, we're intentionally living it now. We right. had one set of eyes that saw our series. Wait, she wear glasses. She wear glasses. Oh, so that yeah, there you go. So four sets. Um, <laughs> she saw it. She brought us in. We've been talking to her. We're now working on another project with these set of eyes because of that, and that has catapulted us. Hopefully, if all goes well, it catapults us into another level. Oh my! Well, the mystery woman with the glasses. We are counting on you to <laughs> manifest some wonderful things, and it's very cool that this is uh, touching people. I think you all are doing something rather profound here. And I mean that with all uh, seriousness. It's really unique what you've done with this uh, particular series. Not to mention you all are ridiculously talented on screen and obviously behind the scenes too, you know, wearing so many different hats, making things happen. This is what it's all about right here. So I, I think what you're doing is um, quite uh, fantastic, uh, really. Uh, it's just uh, wonderful. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm, I'm knocking on wood for you here because <laughs> if she doesn't do it you're gonna have me calling you soon <laughs> so, so she better be on it Indeed. whoever you are out there you hear me <laughs> i know you're listening to this podcast you better make it happen with these gentlemen oh, yeah. because yeah you're uh doing some fantastic stuff so much that goes into this process and uh, it's just cool to see things like this manifest and particularly as a man of color it's something that i really appreciate too as well as one of the reasons why i reached out and just i just think it's fantastic so, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys kind of staying a little longer to kind of explain some of this, you know, process, how this thing kind of manifests, how, you know, it impacted you and how it's impacting others too, as well. I think that's a, a big part of what we do now, gentlemen, I've got to do something here to you that I, I do to all of my guests and I'm going to do it to each one of you gentlemen. So it's, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to spread this around a little bit and uh, I'm going to do something here that. Is I will promise oh. you, you all will probably hate me for it, or mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not too sure on that, but I, I've kind of saved it for you gentlemen. And I've never been able to do this to three people at the same time, but I'm going to kind of take it one by one here. And we're going to do this to Kenny first, and then we'll, we'll go to Roger and then we'll go to, to JPad. We kind of want to spread this around a bit. It's one of those things that has to be shared. So, uh, I've got to ask you first. Because I, I do like to give you an opportunity to opt out. So, are you all ready for it? I mean, something I've got to do. I'm 100%. Oh. 100%. Let's do it, man. 
Oh, okay. So we got all three. So wait, wait. Uh, so we got a, yeah. a, it's a unanimous. Yeah, let's get it. Oh my. Let me give you guys another second here. Y'all are jumping again, just a bit feeling confident. I understand y'all doing great work. This is something I've got to do though. I mean, I can't promise you it's going to be, well, let me just give you a second to opt out here. Just take a second here. Let's give you a second here. And then y'all jump to that conclusion. Just, I mean, quickly, a little bit too quickly. I, uh, Give you a second hey. here. At least I'm being a you know gentleman about this. Matt, can I tell you something about us? Yeah, yeah. We're habitual inclusion jumpers. Okay, <laughs> we, that's what we do. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. Well, God, we're gonna start with you then. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, the music. <laughs> now this is the part of the show where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. See all that suspense for that, right? <laughs> now this fun fact can be anything that people don't know about you so you know folks that are listening to this podcast got to find out something different and new about each one of you and start with you the floor is yours <laughs> wow. that, i thought it was gonna be a lot lot worse than that but this is actually <laughs> a question you know uh something just about me uh uh, my, my head is not shaped completely round. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got like a two dents in the back of my head. It really shaped differently. I was when I was born. I had, I was uh, born breached, oh, so they yeah. had to pull me out. So kind of shaped head funny. So, Interesting. Yeah. So that explains this conversation. I see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting fun fact. Okay, who's next? <laughs> Roger. I am. I, uh, fun fact, which is not a sexy fact, is that, um, I have a couple traits of, of a serial killer. Oh! I, uh, yeah, which is not good. Oh my, I, what are they? I'm curious. I, I went, I went my bed until I was 15. Oh my, because long as you're not killing animals. <laughs> what? I was 11. Like, I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I would I would put firecrackers into like cats mouths and oh like my. like you know like I would like beat up on animals when I was a kid <laughs> this is yeah, actually you lost me there going to cancel us <laughs> <laughs> oh my and uh and I would like you know there's a uh, and voyeurism like I used to like watch my neighbors when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much of this is fabricated. I imagine all of it no, is. I mean, no, no, or, or at least... funny, like, seriously, I am, I'm huge into, like, um, serial killers type stuff. I actually listen to another podcast called My Favorite Murder, and they talk about serial killers. And, oh uh, and they talk about the traits, and I'm like, wait a second. I did all that shit when I was a kid. Oh, <laughs> like, wait, my like, God. But, um, but I'm not. I'm, I promise you guys, I'm not a serial killer. Right, right. Do we need to check? I think they say that too. Yeah, that's 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 another thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I get, do I gotta save this podcast? <laughs> uh, no. Dude, by the way, would you ever play one in a you know, obviously in a film? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna play everything. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Here. Oh my! Now the floor is yours, sir. <laughs> uh. Uh. Gosh. I've been. <laughs> this is something boring. I've been celibate longer than Pierce has. 
Oh. You have to elaborate on that. My goodness, that is a very big fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no real elaboration. Just, you know. Yeah. Pierce has only been alive to the world for so long. Yeah. 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 He's the only thing that's come from my my inner man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh. <laughs> Do you, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say come. Okay. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, I'll leave it at that. Don't you ever get the, uh, well, did, do you have any regrets? No, not at all. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Not That's, at all. Man, gentlemen, this is some good fun facts here. My goodness. Very good fun facts here. Now we are approaching into the show. I appreciate you all, first of all, sharing those fun facts, but also uh, sticking around for a bit longer here. I got to ask each of you. If you weren't doing this acting thing, what would you be doing? In any order with that, too, because I'm curious. Uh, this is Roger. I would be an engineer. Mm, what kind? The kind that sits in his cubicle and wants to kill himself every day. <laughs> That's essentially what I was doing before I did this. I, I, right. I just, I was not happy. I was not happy at all. Yeah. So, but I probably what I, that's what I would be doing to make ends meet. Right, right. Who's up next? Yep. <laughs> this is Kenny. I would have been in commercial real estate, selling commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. And I would have been married with kids. I'd have been about 30 pounds heavier, a lot more gray hair. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of things. A lot of things would have been different. And it wouldn't have been happy. I know that much. Yeah. wouldn't have been happy. Hmm. I think the day I decided that I was going to pursue acting full time was the same day I decided to skip the, the LSAT. Oh, yeah. For law school, right? Yeah. Right. So I signed up for it and it was December 4th. I just remember the day an alarm would offer me to go take it. Mm, yeah. And I, uh, I didn't go. And I was like, I'm an actor. And I, I said, I'm an actor. And I hit the alarm clock and I didn't go. So yeah, I, I'd probably be practicing law. Wow. Interesting. But yeah. I don't actually think, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, <laughs> right. no. So right. we're, on, we're on the right path. Here. Okay. Gentlemen. Now, is there any advice that you all would like to share to someone that might be listening to this podcast. Maybe they want to do what you're doing right now. Maybe they just want to, you know, break into this industry. Maybe they just don't have the resources or they don't have the courage or the confidence. Is there any advice each of you would give to that individual or those individuals that are listening to this podcast? And we'll start Um, with Kenny. We'll start with Kenny. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, the, the biggest thing I would say that from our experience is start today. Whatever it is you want to do, start today and do like Pat did. Wake up when, when your alarm goes off in the morning or whatever and say, I'm, I'm this, I'm an actor, I'm a director and literally start and start from there mm-hmm. and then also create your own content. Right. Create your own stuff. Don't worry about being good at first. Just do it. If you're a 15-year-old kid, start making your own movies on your, on your cell phone. I would say seek to serve. So the greatest among you would be a servant, right? Yeah. Right. So find the way that your craft, your talent, your God-given gifts serve people. And as long as you serve people, you'll always have a place. If you see your craft as an artist, as an actor, as a gift, and not something that entitles you to something, then that'll inform everything that you do. And and on top of that, I would say stay a student and stay hungry. My goodness. Fantastic. Yeah. For Roger here, be consistent, be persistent, and try to stay relevant. Salute to that. Very good stuff. You have to be consistent. It would be really good if you could be consistently good, though. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) don't be consistently bad. Be consistently good and then be persistent. And um, somehow, some way, you'll you'll become relevant. 
Oh, man. You all have dropped some fantastic, fantastic advice. And, you know, folks listening to this podcast, now these gentlemen are out here doing it. They're making it happen. And it is just um, phenomenal, to say the least. That's just fantastic advice. How it's time to plug here, folks. Websites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tinder accounts. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, how can folks get in touch with you guys and you know check out this awesome uh, web series? First and foremost, go to uh, www.meyouhimseries.com, series, and also follow us at me, you, him series on Twitter and Instagram, but go to the website, check us out. We're there. And then uh, me personally, you can follow me on Instagram, Kenny Cooper acts like I'm an actor. So a C T S acts and uh, Kenny Cooper acts. That's it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Anything else you all want to plug? Oh, oh, well, hold on. Let me, let, let me do mine. Now. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. Now, okay. I'll bring it on home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. You you can follow me at Roger Payano. That's P A Y A N O. That's on every format, every platform. I essentially own the name. And um, yeah, man, make sure you check out the website, meuhemseries.com. You could also see us on Onyx. That's O N X, the Onyx, which was formerly Kaleidoscope, Collide TV. Oh, yeah. Check this out. Mm-hmm. So. Right on. Any other last, any other? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, me, you, and him, me, you, him, series.com at me, you, him, series on social media platforms. For me, I'm at J Patrick Wise. It's all one word, no periods, no nothing. W I S E. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat at J Patrick Wise. But don't forget, me, you, him, the series. Yes, indeed, folks. You have to check out this series, folks. My God, it has been a treat having you gentlemen on this podcast today. It is certainly inspiring. Yeah, I think uh, good things are ahead for you, gentlemen. And I've got to bring you back for an update here in the future because I have a feeling that there are some cakes in the oven there. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I definitely want to get an update. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, ah, some good things are in store. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But I tell you what, I think it's time for us to fade out here. What do you think, gentlemen? Absolutely. It's been, it's been no awesome to have us on the show. Indeed. Yeah, you know. Thank you for your energy, man. The energy, the energy that you provide us and uh, the the questioning was great. Thank you so much. Oh, man, it is a pleasure. It is an honor. I love this stuff. And I can tell you guys do, too. And my God, Godspeed on what's to come. I'm I'm really feeling what you guys are putting out there. And I appreciate the fact that you guys came on and, you know, shared your story with our listeners. My gosh, such such good conversation. I'm just intrigued. And I, and I bet, you know, folks listening to this are intrigued. So, folks, make sure you check out me, you, and him. And, you know, follow these gentlemen. You know, stock their timelines because uh, they're certainly doing some great stuff. And on that note, I think we'll uh, fade out here. What do you think? Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Kenny Cooper, Jay, Patrick Wise, and Roger. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> just, just me fading out. You did, <laughs> And on that note, folks, we will be back with more after this break. <laughs> you are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I host this show, and hopefully you are feeling inspired. Spending a wonderful time tonight. I want to remind everyone that you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. 
Make sure you subscribe to us there. Greatly appreciate that. Obviously, please spread the word about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. Again, thank you all for listening, and we will be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My God, what a wonderful discussion that was with Kenny Cooper, J. Patrick Wise, and Mr. Roger Piano. And God, my God, and those gentlemen are really doing their thing. Fantastic discussion that was. Most importantly, I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Obviously, the show does not exist without you listening. So please continue to spread the word about the 